Welcome to the Strip Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're a blessing or a crime, from helicopters to summertime, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Strong and wrong, he's my co-host Evan. I know he knows how it feels. I know he knows it's for reals. I know he knows I know him. It's sacred. <laughs> sacred. <laughs> I know he knows I know him. Oh boy, oh boy. Um... Lot to unpack with those lines this week. I'm excited to get to the actual song itself. Are you? I am. Um, well, because I, I love the episodes where we disagree. And in my estimation, I think you are going to have liked this song. Well, from what you know, I know do you about wanna, it. Do you just want to skip the banter altogether and go straight no, we into can't. this? Okay, hold on. You're right. Let's let's banter. Let's banter. We got to banter for at least seven or eight minutes before we get into it. Yep. This is what the listeners come for is uh, this... details about our children, our personal life. Um, Do you ever have any cool watches when you were a kid? I had a Transformers watch. Oh, God. I mean, I feel like watches were all like... All no, all thunder, no lightning for me. Like <laughs> okay. I always like wanted a watch, and I wanted to wear a watch until I got one like on my wrist, and I'm like, eh, this kind of sucks. I just don't like oh, having yeah. stuff on my wrist. Like it's I'm not horrible. a jewelry guy. I don't wear rings. I don't like. I wear glasses, and that's about it. Like, but right. I just don't like stuff dangling on me. So the watch was like, oh, why would I strap this to my wrist when there are clocks everywhere? Yeah, for real. And now in the age of cell phones, anybody who wears a watch is a fucking weirdo to be honest they are they're they're out of their minds there's an eccentricity about wearing a watch especially like an analog watch right okay yeah i I mean it's it's really more of a status symbol i would think Mm -hmm. right it's not eccentricity it's i'm rich yeah the only yeah the only thing i (laughs) that's it anyone has a watch someone has rich like a two dollar you know you you can get watches for pretty cheap that look nice right yeah but there's no reason to wear one there isn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an accessory, right? It's like it's a piece of jewelry now that also happens to tell time, right? Yeah. Oh man, utilitarian jewelry. That's remember, my jam. What other? Oh, go ahead. I remember the exact uh, moment when I knew that like watches had like gone all the way through. It's like when my friend came. I think it was in high school or something, and he had a watch that just had a smiley face on it, and then uh-huh. two little dots that went around the edge. One, you know, like a minute hand and a second hand, but there was no. They weren't hands. They were just dots that went around the edge, and right. there were no numbers on it. <laughs> okay, so and, he's like, and I'm like, well, how do you even use it to tell time? He's like, uh, you know, you just kind of guess because like you know kind of where the one is, right? So you can right. guess it's like one ten right now, and I'm like, uh, it's like two thirty, dude. That sucks. So oh that was like, boy, that was where watches like officially jumped the shark for me. Sure, sure. Was your friend's smiley face watch? I do like the idea of of utilitarian ornamentalism, if yeah. that's a term. So, like, can we think of other jewelry that you can wear that can serve a functional yeah, purpose? Like a Maybe. ring, a ring with poison in it, where you could uh, slip it into your rival's drink. Exactly. That's a great oh, one. Oh, signet ring. Like where you like press the, press the little signet down there and no one sure. can have this ring but me. Sure. Well, I was thinking maybe like we invent some. Like maybe oh. uh, earrings that are can openers. Okay, we're, we're, pitch, we're back in the pitch session. We're back, we're back in the... I got to play the pitch zone theme song. Hang on. Pitch, 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 pitch zone. <laughs> Two bitches um, doing pitches. Bi- <laughs> Two dumb bitches. <laughs> using our social work degrees to pitch items. <laughs> um... Yeah, so so what else do we have? What um, other what about there? like a retainer that you uh-huh. put in your mouth like the, to keep your teeth straight? But sure. it's got like those like you know those like little like uh soapy flavor water packets or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. Can, like, you, you can like jazz up your drink, jazz up sure. your water, propel fitness water. It's got like <laughs> you can like slide one of those in there and that way you can uh-huh. just drink regular water and everyone's like, "Oh my god, he's so healthy, but you're really juicing it with like crystal oh, light or something." It's like a filter. It's like a soapy filter. <laughs> 
I thought it was like a little flavor packet on the roof of your mouth that you could pop with your tongue, like, like arsenic, and drink it's it. It's like when you, um, I don't know if you ever came to this realization, but, like, the food all mixes in your mouth anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like to eat, like, beans on my hot dog, but I don't like to get, like, sticky fucking baked bean juice all over my hands. Sure. So I'll take a bite of beans and take a bite of hot dog, and it's basically like you have beans on your hot dog without getting them everywhere. Well, and so this is the same. This is literally the same experience. You're drinking water, but you're also sure. juicing it with like I don't know, tang or or, or a Kool Aid. Sure. Oh, just a, it's a full on Kool Aid packet. Kool Aid. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Um, I would say there's some level of you know we eat with we eat first with our eyes, Evan. Mm. So if I eat the beans and then the weens, it's like that's fine. But really, the presentation of the of the beanies the, on the weenie, the big old sloppy that's dog, the big old sloppy dog. That's what does it for I mean, me. There I is, that there, is a, there is something to be said about the tactile like. Just like getting a big sloppy burger in your mouth and like juice and shit going everywhere. Sure. All the toppings. That's that's a delight. That sounds like the grossest thing in the world, but boy, did that make my mouth water. Talking about shit flying everywhere once I bite into that burger. They tried, <laughs> yummy, that, they tried that thing with the like Google glasses where you could like watch yeah. and like they would put things on. I don't know if those are still even a thing, but like I feel like that would just be super distracting. Yes, they are not a thing and they were super distracting. I... Uh, was at uh, Otakon one year, a big anime convention, and some dude was like, hey, can I take your picture? And I was dressed in a cosplay. He, I was like, yeah, sure. And he just like looked at me, and then he like winked one eye, and I was like, what the fuck is <laughs> happening? And and he then said, oh, it's cool, Glass. Do you want to try them on? It was cool as hell, but I can easily see why they are a dead technology now. It was very, very, very weird, very distracting. Those are like one of those future technologies that you see all the time in like sci-fi movies, like mm-hmm. where it's like heads-up displays in your eyes, but like yeah. in reality, that would be horrible and it would just be like you'd get hijacked by like ads or something you know you'd hear like an ad for grammarly or something in your ears oh, because you've 100%. got smart ears yes yes or like, and the, people... or like the um the computer thing where it's not like a computer screen but it's like a it's like a uh, um i'm making i'm making uh numinous gestures with my hands right now listeners <laughs> i see like, it i see like it. i'm like like i'm conjuring something but like where the computer screen's like in the air and you're moving around and touching everything oh minority report that, like, style they, sure. they, they can do that it's just no one likes it it's really it's really tiring <laughs> and it's irritating and like gives you like strain sure yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I wonder how many of those future inventions are totally feasible at this point, but like, they're just like flying cars. I don't know if we could do that, but I feel like there would be a hundred times more accidents if there were no roads yeah. and like nothing to keep you in the right place. Unless we, unless they were like robot cars or something like that. Unless they were like, God, I am, I want self-driving cars to be right mm-hmm. now. I yeah. love traveling, but I hate driving. That's just, I don't understand the pushback against them. I mean, people are uh, well, afraid. I mean, we can't even get people to reliably wear masks in this country. Well, it's like, there. you know, like, yeah. so I think that, God damn it. God damn it. They're just so I'm many. S- <laughs> Sorry. I said it's not a dark road, man. It was my fault. I, you know, it's yeah. A dark you road and a self-driving car. But how much fun would that be? I know we've talked about on the show before. Like you get into a car and you just like take a nap or something. You wake up yeah. at your destination or like watch some TV. Yeah. Read a book. That'd be amazing. I would have so much more time. I would actually read books. Like that would be great. That would be so fun you to actually read a book. You wouldn't. You would just play video games. Nice try. The Switch exists for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like all video game systems would be portable. Then in that case, yeah, uh, or they just would be, all make. You know, you could just plug them into the car. Or you could plug them into the car. <gasps> I want those uh, those windshields that have like uh, news reports all over them and shit. Yeah, that's some future <laughs> garbage. Google glasses for your car. Yeah, Google glasses for your car. I guess basically, Google windshield glass. Ebo, speaking of windshield glass. We've got a great song this week. Let's talk about it. The song this week is called How Long. And if you've never heard it before, listeners, here's a quick sample.
makes us strong. Did you just put in the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, do they have a how long as well? Yeah, we, we sang it. The, how long, how long? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. We did sing that two nights ago, didn't we? Um, yeah, there are a couple how longs. Um, this, I would say, is the least strong how well, long. I don't know all the how long, so I can't really judge this uh, merits based on the other ones. But um, Sure. I, you know, in the in the in our tradition of immediately tipping our hands, um, <laughs> I didn't hate this song, but Unreal. I didn't like it either. By the way, how long by Charlie Puth, by Ace, by the Eagles, by Rod Stewart, by Dire Straits. So there's been well, a lot of Dire Straits. How long? I just imagine it's how long? <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, I do you think that am... like a one hit? I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Do you think that like? A one-hit wonder. Has there ever been a one-hit wonder to just put out one song? It was a hit, and then they're like, "Okay, we did it. Let's live off of that for the rest of our lives." Bye. God, I bet. Knowing musicians, I'll bet the answer is no. We don't have a. (laughs) We don't have a catalog. We don't have a. We barely have a band. Man, that would be so weird. I feel like that is the result, the direct result of a genie wish. Like genie, (laughs) I wish to be rich, and then the genie puts out a number one single in their name, and they didn't want to be a musician anyway. Uh, yeah, 100%. Would you be um, okay with that? Um, let's say you uh, unearth a genie, and by the laws of things like that, he's indebted to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, I wish for my band, 2D6, my amazing nerdcore rap band, I wish nerdcore to come back in a big way, and I want to be the forerunner of it, and I want okay. to be big. And then you okay. get like, the genie's like, okay, here's what you do. And he just uh-huh. lays out this entire album, and he's written the whole thing, put the beats together, put the raps together, and it is fucking genius, right? Okay. He's a gen- genius. Oh, love it. And uh, all you need to do is perform it. And it's with, within your capability, you and Cliff's capability of performing it. Okay. Would you be okay performing that for the rest of your lives, even knowing that you did not produce it and you had nothing to do with it, but everyone thinks you did? And the genie's like, it's cool. I'll be a ghostwriter. It's not a big deal. I just get freed now to work my evil on the world. Are genies ghosts? Hmm, no. <laughs> um, in like a, in Isla- Islamic, uh, like mythology they're not ghosts they're they're spirits but they're not they never were people oh okay okay they're just How sort of like a spirit outsiders of something that was never a person okay outsiders interesting like pony boy cherry mm-hmm. okay stay uh, golden 100 percent. i would be if somebody wants to do my fucking work for me and give me all the reward there's no universe in which i am not down with that and it wouldn't eat at you ever no what i mean i maybe i'll even be out with it like, I'll put the genie writing credit on there. I don't care. That's what musicians do. Nobody writes their own songs anymore. But do you, I mean, you don't consider yourself an artist then. Like, no, you, don't God, have any, no. you don't have any pride in your art? Oh, hell no. I no, no, no. I think you no. do. Oh, no, no. My friend, have you heard my songs that I do? No, I have no pride. I have heard your songs over and my son sings them to me because they're on, some of them are on my mix. Sure, sure. No pride, no shame. That's the way I live my life. <laughs> um, but would you, if somebody wrote a book and put your, slapped your name on it? I think about it because I'd like to, I don't think I ever want to stop writing. So mm-hmm. it'd be really shitty for me to have like this, like game of Thrones, like the mm-hmm. song of ice and fire, and then go back to writing garbage that I write. <laughs> like, and to like, like be like, cause it'd have to be like, you'd have to either go, all right, a genie did this. Right. And the rest of my stuff is the rest of my stuff. 
or you'd have to be like, I'm never going to write again. I'm never going to produce music again. This is just what I'm doing. I'm never going to write again. Guilty hands have got no (laughs) typing. Um, Do you, I mean, don't you feel like a lot of people have that though, where they just produce one thing? It's sort of like, you know, lightning in a jar. What the fuck is the phrase? Lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle, thank you. They do, (laughs) but I think that it's, but they produce it. It isn't an external force that's producing it for them, right? Yeah, yeah. What if, okay, let me set out another scenario for you. Except the in the genie... case of Bare Naked Ladies, where it was Duffy's, Duffy's Muffies all along. Right, right. Um, what if the genie said, I'm going to write it for you, and I'm going to erase your memory so that you think you wrote it. But at this now, moment, you will know right now that you n- did not do this. That'd be horrible, because then I'd be, like, never able to c- recapture, <laughs> like, it, it, it's not even that I can't recapture it, it's that I literally didn't do it. I could, right. I can't, there's no possible way for me to write oh, this boy. well again. So you would, you would say no to the genie? I mean, I don't know what kind of world I live in where I free a genie and he gets to decide what wishes he grants me. <laughs> it's a real monkey spa. You didn't phrase it correctly. That's not how the song goes. How what song goes? I'd bury oh. that. I'd bury that wish deep in the ground. Yes, you will not turn your whole world upside down. Oh boy! Hey, let's let's talk about how long, shall we? We should have jibber jabbered for longer at the beginning because now we got way off track in the actual meat of the episode here. You can always tell when we loved a song because we spend so much time talking about it. One hundred percent. Um, Ev, what the fuck was this a pastiche of? You're better at nailing the pastiches than I am. This is... Okay. I know that Ed's, like, turned a new, like, hard rock alternative leaf. Right. Um, and I get that. Um, he's, like, angling for this hard rock edge to in his vocals and, like, songwriting. And it's worked for me in previous songs, but it didn't, like, quite come together there because... I felt like this was, like, a... This is, like, a song by committee. Like, Ed is clearly the driving force of this song. But then, like fucking it might have been ed it might have been kev who came in or who's like okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna make uh after after the chorus we're gonna just do this fucking almond brothers like this doobie brothers almond brothers like 38 special style guitar riff like (laughs) right right i know you know like you know that's kind of at odds with like the alternative feel i want for this song and they're like well it's going in yeah yeah i mean i thought you said we could write on this album and yeah it's like okay fine we'll add the fucking thing in i agree with you ev um yeah this is definitely as as before on this album i feel like we have a lot of songs that were just like hey everybody get in here let's write a song as a family when before it was steve and ed writing songs individually and contributing their entire individual vision to it and it made it so much stronger this one Mm -hmm. suffers for the inclusion which sucks i don't feel Uh, like this song is all bad though like i think that it's it's spotty it was very spotty for me like the um the chorus and the bridge i really liked the rest oh. of the song where they were just like that that sort of like off tempo sort of anharmonic i don't even want to say disharmony it's anharmonic like, <laughs> like it's like it's like Actively. they were trying to like capture like an alice in chain sort of almost post-industrial vibe maybe and it just yeah didn't, it just did not work for me and it's like it sounded like they got stuck in a solo during like a live show jam like that's sure. what this song sounds like to me, where they just kept like, let's do it again. And they just kept yeah. like, okay. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on the bridge, because I wrote that this bridge is one of the worst bridges they've ever produced. I know you know how it feels. I know you know it's the reals. I know you Um, I thought it was 
unremarkable. It was too sudden. It comes like within like 45 seconds or a minute of the song. It's so quick. Um, and it's it, it's in, it's out. Uh, and there's not enough push and pull. I feel like Bandicoot Ladies used to be really good at, at tension. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to hold off on the chorus here. We're going to hold off. This one's just like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. Like it, it, they've lost their sense of how to write a song. This one is so ready to give you everything that it loses everything it wants to do. I feel like, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think that I liked the bridge because of like the weird guitar experimentation. Like, yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, it didn't jive with necessarily the vibe of the song, but at the right. same time, it jived with the chorus of the song. And sure. I feel like the chorus was kind of, the chorus and the bridge were kind of plopped in and it felt, they felt like a different song. Yeah. A different, better song that I liked better. Um, and I don't know. It was like, it's like they're cruising along the highway and uh, with the chorus and then they get into the bridge and then they're like, some, somebody reaches forward and just like hits the gear switch and just like throws them back into like park or something and it grinds out and then they then they plow off the thing into a big pile of shit and that's sure, the song into the manure truck from back to the future yeah. sure absolutely i see i also the chorus i thought was so boring don't say how long don't say And it's interesting because they want to get to it as fast as possible. There's a mm-hmm. verse, then they get into the chorus, and the next verse is like three lines long, and they're jumping right. Like, did they think it was so remarkable that it was worth getting to that badly? It's I just think, like I think you're doing them a disservice because I feel like they were they were reaching for almost like a punky beat with the like punk rock almost. And right? not like, I'm not saying like punk rock, man. I'm saying like blink 182 and green day oh so that's what i'm saying sort of because like a a a relatively stripped down song uh heavy on the guitar you know fronting two guitars basically Mm. and uh quick you know get them in get them out and i it it just felt too well produced to be to if it had been i mean to be honest if it sounded a little shittier i think i would have bought it better really like if it had just had a little bit more distortion and a little bit more yeah, a little bit more like a DIY sensibility about it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was definitely not on that tip at all. Um, but I like I, punk, and you, you you never really had any punk background. I, I mean, yeah, I don't mind. I've, I've been to one Blink-182 concert. Isn't that enough for me? Yeah. Some That's pop punk? That's enough for you. That's okay. enough for you. <laughs> it's enough for me. <laughs> you think you've um, had enough? I, I thought, I don't know. This There was so much. Here's Here's one thing I wrote down. I feel like this podcast is going to start turning people off soon. And I am sorry for that because I feel like we're just getting to a point where like, we're going to start hating things and Brandon and lady fans are going to start, stop listening to this podcast because it's just like, I didn't like this and I can't think of many good things to say about it. If any, um, that's a real bummer. I mean, I mean, you can get on the hate wagon and I'm, I'm, uh, um, sticking on the lag wagon and, and I'm pushing, I'm pushing forward. So like I said, I didn't hate this. I didn't hate this song. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe maybe they'll listen to it for the the dichotomy. Well, of- I feel like I feel like this song for me has a place, and the place is they were like, "Hey, we need to put us. We need to put a jam song on this album. Something sure. that's like really simple that we can just throw out on stage." And you see them in the live versions, which we'll get to later, like really rocking out. They're like running around the stage, hump, jumping up and down, like right. having a good time, making faces and stuff like that. And I feel like that is. Because, again, they're coming at this from an album format. They're not saying, like, this song's going to be a hit. They're not trying to make this a single, right? They're just trying to put this as, like, a, a mid-range cut in the album that isn't sure. 
offen- uh, actively offensive that they can pull out on a concert to like get everyone a little bit hyped up. Yeah, but they they've only done it in concert like six times or something. I feel like they've abandoned this song too. Well, yeah, is- I mean they realized it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, the the whole song. See, I didn't get punk for some reason. I got like horror core from this song maybe <laughs> like the don't misfits? You, do you feel like this song had like an element of terror running through it somehow it did. and again it's that minor it's that minor key um almost like a um god what's the what's the the key signature of the halloween song and like the uh the tempo yes, i wrote it's like halloween 16, songs 16 7 or something like that Is it's it like really? slight, it's slightly off like the like that yeah it's, it's just slightly off um tempo so you you can't really keep up with it that that solo kev solo where he's plinking like where <laughs> sort of just a few notes it reminded me so much of the halloween theme don't say it Yeah, that, I, I got a lot of that running through this. Uh, but there's whole, yeah, the whole song feels like it's trying to like incite panic somehow, right? There's like unresolved long chord stretches. There's these like driving drums, like something mm-hmm. is chasing you. Um, even the guitars in the outro are kind of sort of ghostly a little bit, which kind of made this an interesting follow-up to Jerome. Um, but they're doing like a like weird like guitar noises. Scary. I was scared. Ev, the whole time I was listening it was little, to this song. It was a spooky song for Halloween. Yeah, a Halloween. Ha- that's true because, of course, the date today is November tenth, which is a spooky Halloween time of year. The date we're recording this is right before Halloween. You are correct. You are correct. I did figure it out on my hundredth listen, listeners. I want you to hear this little part of how long. It's what it takes to go there, running on. And now I want you to hear this song. That's right. This song sounds exactly like Birdo's theme from Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> I think that the two songs are virtually indistinguishable from one another. Um, and it's weird that I think that because on the holiday album, I also said one of the songs in that reminded me of Super Mario Brothers 2. So I'm not sure at this point if it's them or if it's me. If I just hear Super Mario and everything, or if these guys are obsessed with uh, that Koji Kondo goodness. Hey, maybe it's the next read. That's a fun. Oh, are you going to do video games or just Super Mario games? Just Super Mario. <laughs> you really wouldn't be limiting yourself. They go tennis. They drive on go karts. They have yeah. parties. They've got a. They've got a pretty. Uh, pretty fleshed out rogues gallery. Yeah, they do. Well, yeah, they do. I would say most that's of them true. are mushrooms, but uh, no, most of them are turtles. The rogues. I don't care. Okay, I know you don't care. Have you ever played a Mario game, Ev? Yeah, I played. I've played at least ten Mario games. That's more than I would think from somebody who doesn't game a whole lot. Um, I game a whole lot. I just don't game in the same circles that you do. I'm a real, t- I'm a not real time. I'm a, a turn-based strategy boy. I'm sure, a PC yeah. Gamer. You love your uh, your your Norse garbage. What is that game called? 
Norse garbage. You Baldur's got Gate. Nope. But what is nope. the game? <laughs> Norse garbage. <laughs> I love Norse garbage. Um, yeah, there there are a couple things that I will say that I enjoyed in this song. Three things specifically. Okay. The in media res opening. We've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but he just drops you with, "So give it up for anger." <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa, like he startled, again, more horror. He startles me with that first line because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Drops me in. Very weird. So give it up for anger. It makes us strong. Has piano build up to the final chorus. I was really stretching at this point because he's really oh, he's jamming He's plinking out. and plonking. He he's is plink- plinking plonking. and plonking. Don't and then Ed is doing this like little growl thing in this song from time to time that I can imagine some people would probably find very sexy. I, I didn't, not me, but he's like, give it up for anger. I was like, Oh, that's a, yeah. Some people would like that a lot. I think that's, I know you know how it feels. He was trying to go rougher on the vocals. And I think yes. that, again, like the, um, I don't want to take a, a swipe at Wojwoda, uh, but like, I feel like this song was overproduced. Like, I feel like if it had gone, if they'd gone with a rougher cut of this song, it would have worked well for me personally. And again, yeah. like I said, I didn't hate this song. I, I wish there were a demo out there. That would be interesting to hear like a, a, a pre-production. Although when we hear it live, mm-hmm. we're hearing almost the exact same version. I guess they want to be true to form when they play it live. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I think they were playing it live mostly in anticipation of this album because a lot of the lives are like, hey, this is a new song coming out on our new album. I hope you like it. Yeah. Please. And, Please sing along. <laughs> he like, there's like a plaintive note in his voice. And it's yeah. like, how do you expect them? Well, actually, you could easily sing along with this song because it's, you know, not very, the lyrics aren't too in-depth. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, Ed even says that in the live, which we're, I guess we're talking about now. He says like, uh, it's a rock song. The words are pretty simple. Like he comes mm-hmm. right out and says it like, this is, I don't know, this is just a song. It's just a rock yeah. song. No big deal. No, I think it, I think it doesn't fail at what it tries to do for See, the I- most part. I and again, I, it, I'm not failing. I'm giving it like a C, a D, a D. Sure, a, a C, a C minus. Like it's not failing. See, here's my thing though: is what what do you think it's trying to do? It's trying to what? Just be a simple rock song. I think it's trying to be a simple rock song that they can play in concert and that they can rock out to because there's room for like extended solos here, and I think that that's what they that's what Ed might have wanted when he was writing this song. And again, we I'm putting thoughts in his head. Yeah, but that's the point of our podcast is sure. to create imaginary sure, versions of all the bnl sure, boys and then sure. make them dance for us sure like they um, made that poor canadian singer dance on chips and dip five <laughs> i i have yeah I, I see what you're saying and i think it's interesting that that you think it, i think you know if you're trying to make a shit sandwich and you succeed in what you're trying to do it's still a shit sandwich i don't know i, don't I feel think like this is a shit sandwich man i don't yeah. think it's like it definitely was a, a big come down for me after Jerome, which I think is my favorite song on the album after, well, Summertime and Jerome are my two favorite songs right now. Wow. And this I think is my least favorite song on the album, but at the same time, this is not, this is nowhere near my least favorite BNL song. What is your least favorite again? Have we talked about this? Um, what's your favorite? <laughs> Upside down. Try, try me, motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. I like a uh, downside up. <laughs> no, I think my favorite is Some Fantastic. We've talked about this before. Oh yeah, Some Fantastic is great. Never yeah. mind. Um, I'm trying to think of a, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and listen. I'm sure that I hated some song. Sure. I mean, I'm going to spill it right oh, it now. One of those, it was one of those political, it was like the third political song on the album. <laughs> and all the domes will be flanecting and all those just <laughs> fun and games, maybe. I don't know. Um, this is my least favorite Brennan Lady song. I'm going to come out and say it right now. This Uh-oh. this beats Aluminum as my least favorite uh, BNL song. Um, I 
couldn't find anything to love. I mean, and let's even talk about, we've talked about a lot with the music, the lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of what Bare Ladies do well is write introspective, interesting, you know, deep lyrics. Well, that might have been a lot what Steve does. I don't think, I mean, Ed does it, Ed Ed can pull it out, but I don't think that's Ed's like default setting. Where it, it was, it was definitely Steve's default setting. Where Ed is like, Mostly fun time, happy boy, and yeah. then occasionally he'll whip out a song about his dead brother. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But I feel like no, I feel like Ed writes a lot of like country, like you know, I've informed you leave, like just like a lot of sad songs too. Mm, yeah. I, he's a party boy. He's got range. He's got range. But I think like I, I feel like he's a uh, he's definitely more happy. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um. I wrote, not only lyrically is this one bad, it's almost incomprehensible. The more I listen to it, the angrier I get. So, what is this song about? Did you have any read for this? It's about a breakup, dude. Okay, it's about a, I wrote it's about a couple who fights, maybe, yeah. But the, wh- where did you get the breakup from? Uh, you make a good case for nowhere, so that's where I've gone. You make a good case for nowhere, so that's where I've gone. That's it? That could be two friends having an argument. That could be somebody fighting with a parent. That could be... Like, there's there's nothing to hold on to. Well, I mean, except that we've already established it's about a relationship. Well, just from our suppositions, I guess. You, it, you said... You literally said it. Yeah, it's about a couple of fights all the time. Because that was my initial thought, but I don't think there's any justification for it. I mean, a song is about feeling. A song isn't always about meaning. But well, I think it, that it, it, was, it was good for me because, like... These are about two people who are a couple, you know, whether they're broken up or not, it's not really that relevant. Um, it's about, um, for me, it was about like a couple that is relatively new in the relationship and they're off, like the bloom is off, the, the blush is off the rose sort mm-hmm. of thing. And they're getting to where they're, they're finding out they're not necessarily meant for each other, but they're still either too invested in the relationship or each other or something like that, or just uh, scared of going away. So they're, they're fighting all the time. Classic Steve. And this is somebody realizing that, like he's this is the the person the narrator for me is just starting to get in touch with his feelings because i mean let's be let's be honest anger is so much easier than contrition or apology in a, in a like a in a um a relationship or an argument or something like that it's so like if you're driving on the road and someone like honks at you it's so much easier to flip them off than to be like oh yeah sorry i cut you off yeah right or to yell back i think your partner was telling me how uh, in your neighborhood people speed sometimes and she yells like slow down and nine times out of ten they're like fuck you yeah 100 percent. and i find i'm like and it's horrible it's a shitty thing they should slow down yeah at the same time like when i'm driving and like somebody like accost me or make a loud noise or something my immediate response (laughs) no matter what has happened is just fucking anger just sure white hot your fight or flight procs off yeah okay yeah how dare you how dare you question me (laughs) Me? of all people speeding through a a residential neighborhood (laughs) how dare you so like i think that I mean, that's, again, this is my, like, reaching for a read. Yeah, like, I but don't n- necessarily know if that's... What so there are so many parts and pieces, then, that don't, like... The whole thesis of the song is, don't say how long. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't conceptually even understand. Don't, wh- where does how long fit into what's happening here? Like, what does that mean, don't say how long? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the bridge can give us some insight. I know you know how it feels. I know you know this is for real. So it's for real. So, it's for like, reals. They're in, a, they're in a relationship, some sort of relationship, friendship, you know, romantic, whatever. I know you know I know you. So they've gotten to the point where they're into, they're like, I don't know, they're getting to see each other's true colors, right. more or less. 
and the don't say how long me <laughs> you really vamped for a long time with that bridge thing <laughs> which i agree with you you don't have to have an answer ev i just i think that it's meaningless and maybe ed had a meaning in mind when he wrote it and again this brings up the whole idea of like who do artists write for themselves or their audience like if he's writing for himself fine but he can't expect me to be totally on board with this and maybe this should just be a song that he plays to himself before he falls asleep at night um i mean some like not every song has to have a narrative through line right this song like again we've talked about this in the past some songs are just more feelings than uh like a constellation of self-similarity across structure like this song is this song from beginning to end is itself right but it doesn't necessarily say anything like everything is everything is beaten around the armature of some sort of nebulous relationship right yeah but at the same time they're not he's not putting a name on that so this might i feel like uh you said like we always say specificity is the soul of narrative or something like that generality is the soul of music but but I feel like there are so many specifics in this song that he just refuses to elaborate on. Like, don't don't say how long. Don't say how... That's clearly, like, a specific line from this fight, right? And I don't know what it's in reference to or what it means. And because of that, I can't feel the feelings that he's feeling. You know what I mean? If his, if his goal is to get me to feel something with this song, which I think it is, he succeeded because I'm angry, but I don't think that that was what he was trying to do. I don't know. Okay, Let's work. Let's work. Let's workshop this. Sure. All right. So uh, you and me were in a relationship. Mm. I just got a new watch. Okay. And I'm constantly, constantly telling you. Oh, got it. Okay. So this is one of those things where somebody is one person. In the relationship is easy breezy. You know, schedule is just girl. a yes. It's just <laughs> a a suggestion. Like um, yeah, we'll be 15 minutes late. Yeah, we'll be 20 minutes late. It's not that big of a deal, sort of thing. Where the other person wants to be on time and uh, they're arguing like hey i'm I'm saying hey it's it's just really rude when you say you're going to be somewhere right and you show up 15 20 minutes half an hour late and it just shows you don't value the other person's time as much as your own don't say how long you're going to be don't say how long (laughs) is that what you're aiming for and I've got this pocket watch. I've got this watch Jesus now. Jesus Christ. And so what I'm doing constantly, this watch becomes a symbol of the friction within our relationship. Right. So I'm saying like, oh, we got 15 minutes. We got 15 minutes till we have to be out the door. Uh-huh. And what do you say back? Don't say how long. Don't say how long. How we got long. 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes, hon. Okay. All right. Come on. You're, this is great. I love that you've invented a narrative because, again, that's what this podcast is. <laughs> but I, that's, that's so remarkably specific. Also, do you think it's don't say how long? Or do you think it's don't say how long? Do you think he's telling the person to not oh, say he's talking the, about his dick? Don't say how long it is. Don't say how long. I've never looked at it. I don't want to know now. Well, it's like the mystery, you know, like um, you know, when you're you're dating a guy and you know you 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 uh you're not you're not trying to check anything out and you're like you're just antici- it's the anticipation. Don't say how long. Sure, 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 sure. Don't say how long. I want to be surprised. Oh, I've never I've never really figured out whether a big dick or a media or an average sized dick is preferable because I've heard it both ways. You know. I think it takes all kinds of. I think yeah, for men and women, yeah. <laughs> I think it takes all kinds. Or even a small dick. Like, I don't know. That. I think that uh, I've heard that some women and men prefer uh, smaller dicks because the big dicks are painful. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, were you looking to the side to confer with your agent? Like, if you should be talking about this sort of thing? No, I was looking out the window to see if any of the trees are dead. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, okay. Interesting. I, uh... no, it's okay. I'll tell him. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> 
My agent says you're cute. Oh, thanks. Are they single? Uh, well, um, he told me to send this uh, message to you, um, and you're supposed to circle yes or no. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, just forward it to me on Zoom. I'll figure it out. Got it. Um, yeah, like, well, I, 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 I don't know. I just didn't understand it, and I do feel like this has the official worst Bare Naked Ladies lyric of all time in it. The most meaningless lyric. And that lyric would be, that's what it takes to go there on and on. It's what it takes to go there on and on. What <laughs> is what what takes to go where? What in the fuck are you talking about? I like, thought it was, I maybe just meant to thank her strong and wrong. Now that made me feel like there was some abuse in this relationship. I maybe just meant to thank her strong and wrong hmm. right and i don't i don't mean to like turn this into a, a sad thing here but like maybe I, I just meant to you know I, I just i was trying to be you know i just want to thank her like i don't know like if he's too strong this reminded me of like a lenny mice and men situation like he killed oh, okay, the rabbit okay. i've got another narrative mm -hmm. all right guy sees a girl at a bar uh hits on her she shuts him down kind of mm -hmm. um but she also like he leaves his phone there or something like that and then uh, on accident and she hunts him down later on that and gives it to him and then she leaves and he's like, I just wanted to thank her and then it becomes a stalker situation where sure. he's following her home just to thank her. He just wants to say, hey, thank you for the phone and then she just like speeds up walking and he's got speed up because he's like, no, no, where this is a big misunderstanding sort of thing and it freaks her out more and then she starts running. He starts running. He's like, no, I just want to thank you and uh, then he gets picked up by the police yeah. and uh, put in jail and they're like, don't say, don't, he's like, don't, <laughs> say, <laughs> don't say how long I'm going to be here. That truly, I love that read, especially with the, how rushed the music is. It does have that like accidental murder feel to it. Like, do, 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 do. Like something bad is happening here. You make a good case for nowhere. So that's where I've gone. Prison. Prison. Prison he refers to as nowhere. Um, also, you mentioned the bridge. Isn't, don't say, I know you know it's for reals. Isn't that an incredibly embarrassing lyric? I know you know it's for reals. Is it embarrassing for 2010? Uh, for reals? For Did reals. Did you say that back then? I don't know. I guess. Maybe. That was, that was a decade ago. I don't remember what kind of slang was Poppy. Yeah. I, remember, I remember Poppy was back then. Poppy. Was she? Really? I don't think so. No, the the slang Poppy. <laughs> okay, I see. I thought you meant the uh, That's YouTube That's where she took her name from. Oh, I see. Sure, sure. Of course. Um, yeah, I just... The lyrically, this one let me down so hard. And thank you for trying to dig for me. I appreciate it. You're trying to shovel through this shit to find some gold, but well, I wasn't. I, again, I wasn't. I came into this with like a punk sensibility, and sure. I wasn't. I wasn't looking. I wasn't digging for anything more than it was supposed to be. But can you also, even thinking about a punk sensibility, if you're thinking about this from a punk standpoint, these are four 45 year old men who've never done punk music before, who are like, let's write a punk song. If you were thinking as a punk in a punk mindset, you'd be like, fuck these guys, because they're establishment. Like, this sucks. And I know uh, you were talking I hate to break it to you, but like, all punk is establishment. Well, yeah, you, I know. In punk, you either, you either die or you live long. Well, actually, you either die or you become the thing you hate, or you already are the thing you hate. Sure, like, sure, sure. I sure. mean, we can't all be Chumbawamba doing shows in squatter flats God. and like living that anarchist lifestyle. Uh, I would love to go see Chumbawamba live. I wonder if they still tour. Well, you'll have to like break into a uh, uh, broken down youth hostel. <laughs> sure, absolutely I will. In like Lux Luxembourg. <laughs> that sounds that's like they're a doing their shows. Uh, I only visit countries or places that start with J, unfortunately. Ah, mm. uh, well. Um, 
Ev, that's all the notes I had on the song itself. Do you have anything else? Um, ding, ding, dong, ding, ding. I can sing a little song too. Nope. Okay. Uh, I had a hard time finding the song. Like, if you type it in Google, it brings up one week. 160 YouTube views on the official version of this song. And yeah. you got to think 20 of those, 40 of those were ours. Easily. Yikes. Not a popular song. Um, we talked a little bit about a live version of it where it was still kind of being worked on, even though it sounded mm-hmm. exactly the same as it does on the album. Um, did you find any other live versions? I found one in Boston. Okay. I found one in Milwaukee. Oh, and okay. then I think I found, and they were all, I mean, they were very sim- similar. Right. Like in the Boston one, the sound quality was really bad and Kev's guitar was way over mic'd. Oh, so really? So it sounded like shit in the beginning, but then he tightens it up towards the end. And, uh, it's like, it's moving around a lot in Milwaukee and Kev is like trying to rock out but it just makes him look like he pooped his pants <laughs> on stage god i wish like, we could attach videos to this podcast uh yeah, that's fun sad. yeah i am um, i don't want i don't want my beautiful boy to poop his pants did you see that this was one of the few songs that ed did for his live streams uh he did this song on may 22nd 2020 just a scant few months ago nope okay well um he introduces Tell me it. All about it he introduces it he says uh i'm excited to do this request that was a request he says a request from his son, Lyle. Oh, uh, Lyle. Lyle wanted to hear this song. Lyle said this song is wicked. So that was Ed saying that his son loved this song. Um, he said he wanted to get Lyle on the stream, but Lyle didn't want to be on because Lyle doesn't love attention, which makes me think we talked about this uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago. Um, you know, would you want to get on stage with your dad and do this song? Obviously, Lyle's not so down with that. Um, yeah, he ca- his dad said, okay, this time you can't chew gum the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was what uh, that was the deal breaker for him. Um, this song seems, watching him play it up close where he's like actually, mm-hmm. it seems very technically challenging. This seems like oh, a difficult wow. song to play, um, which is kind of interesting. Well, it's got those guitar licks in it and stuff like that. And it's got the, like, again, it's got that off-tempo minor key sort of like riff yeah. that is that's i think that's that's what unsettles you right it's like something is coming for you yeah yeah absolutely it's like the it follows song yeah um and at the end of the song he finishes it, he plays the final chord and he goes come on that's a banger and i was like it's not a banger ed <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but yeah he seems to still like it a lot uh so yeah. got yeah, me i mean it's it's a, it's a, it's a little quick, it's a quick little ditty. You know what I want to see next time Brannigan ladies go on tour. I want them to do what weird Al did with his last tour, which is like, he doesn't play any of the hits. It was mm-hmm. like purely like B sides and album cuts. Like, I don't know if, well, actually, yeah, I think BNL could pull, I, like I was going to say, I don't know if BNL could do that. If anyone would come for that. I, th- um, I bet BNL, well. But I think that I think that if they if they only booked like really small venues, yeah, like Weird Al, I think Weird Al did the same thing, right? Where he booked small venues. Yeah, I think he did smaller venues. Yeah. So I think that I think that if they did that, I bet they could pack 30, 60 people in a in, in any major city in the United sure. States. We'd follow them, right? Through th- over the coast, up and down. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Do you know that we could do Japan, travel? Di- Jakarta, <laughs> I get it. That's <laughs> right. Java. We could do a we could do travel diary audio logs. That would be fun. Oh yeah, man. Okay. Um. Yeah, so so anyway, that's those are the only live versions I found. Um I think that's it. Ev, will you tell me which science fiction movie this song resembles? I will happily. It re- resembles, of course, you can tell by my my awesome Watto impression that this is also this is of course the Star Wars prequels. What? 
Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, all of it. Ed wanted to cram it all into one tiny song. Okay. Elaborate, please. Well, for those those listeners who have not seen the Star Wars prequels, I will very generalize. They follow a incredibly confusing series of events wherein a young Anakin Skywalker is adopted by the Jedi Order, falls in love with a woman 20 years older than him, uh, has kids, and then goes uh, to the dark side. Uh, in the most ham-fisted um, seduction ever. I'm too weak, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin, no. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, the the movies conceptually are fun. I like what George Lucas tried to do with them. He took a big swing, but goddamn it, if he had, if the cast had had even an ounce of chemistry, I think they would have done so much better. I think we've talked about. And he this. had good actors too. Was the problem? Yeah, we've talked like, about this before. How if the new yeah. the new the seven eight nine actors were in the prequels, they would be great movies. Yes, yes. Or or if whoever if George Lucas had just been, had just directed them, allowed them to like emote or act. Like Hayden Christensen is a garbage actor, but like Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, you know, like uh ewan mcgregor right all those they're, they're all great actors yeah right um yeah samuel jackson like they're, they're good yeah <laughs> i don't know what he did to them to make them not good in that movie yeah I think, and again uh, it's their their kids their kids movies and i enjoyed it for what it is and i still like them and i've seen them a ton of times but um yeah so anakin turns the dark do side you consider star wars kids movies oh yeah hell yeah I mean, I guess so. There's a lot of, there's death, there's a uh, blowing up of planets. I don't know, but I guess you're right. I guess you're right. They probably are kids' movies. I mean, by kids' movies, I mean like 13-year-olds. Okay, sure. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah I meant like, to sell toys. Like you're right. Tweens. Tweens, sure. yeah. Um, and teens. But like, yeah, I don't know. But this song is clearly about the Star Wars prequels. Ed saw them, apparently got a big boner for them. Mm-hmm. And was really excited. Um, starts up, give it up for anger. The dark side, it makes us strong. That's literally like a quote from... Uh, give it up palpatine <laughs> sure he see threw count- his hands up in the air and said give it up for anger <laughs> count dooku uh-huh i sorry i'm sorry to interrupt you my partner and i are watching star wars the clone wars tv series right now 133 episodes of of joy and uh-huh. i'm realizing how little of star wars i actually absorbed because i feel like i am my mother all of a sudden like a character will pop up and i'll go okay who are the what what did they do again who's count duke count duke is the bad guy is the republic bad or are the separatists bad i don't so are you watching the clone wars like the cartoon network like um, not the tar- tar- tarkovsky one or whatever okay you're watching like the the, the animated the cg yeah the cg one yeah, yeah. I hear it's really good. I, we wanted to watch yeah, it. I hear, I hear it is good too. I started watching it once, but I I still had so much hatred for Anakin left over <laughs> that sure. every time he was on, I was like, oh God, I fucking hate They do that a guy. fucking horrible job. We're maybe 10 episodes in on making him sympathetic at all. He's our main character and everything he does is bad and he's not intelligent and he just refuses to listen to anyone. He sucks. As a main character, he's uninteresting and bad. I think I, I see what Lucas was trying to do and I like it. Like, Somebody who is like, uh, like dude, bro, Jesus Christ. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously he grew up in slavery <laughs> in, uh, benevolent slavery. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I sold your mom to a man who loved her. <laughs> That's sweet. Fucking little Annie. Um, and like he grew up in benevolent slavery, but like he was blessed uh-huh. right from the beginning. Like. And not Jesus Christ in that he has to suffer for anything. Like every suffer, every bit of suffering he brings on himself. So it's irony in a very classical sense sure. where his own failings, you know, contribute to his fall. But at the same time, like, I feel like it, 
Lucas tried so hard, and I you can't really telegraph that sort of stuff in I don't know what seven hours of movie mm-hmm. I guess. Like I I don't know. I feel like with a better writer and a better actor and a better director, like Anakin's pathos would have come across a lot better. And I mean, yeah, he's just like the fucking star football player who immediately goes to state, and then immediately gets drafted by the top NFL team sure. and is be- the better than everyone. Sure, sure, sure. Forever. Yeah, yeah. It's not interesting, not fun to watch. <laughs> so he's never had, I mean, he's never, the only thing that happens is him seeing people who he is better than stopping him from being the best he can sure. be. Yeah. I don't understand why we won't let me on the council. <laughs> and they're like, dude, you're fucking 18 years old. You're the first Jedi master who's 18 years old. Can you just be happy with it? I want to be on the council. Yeah, yeah. I have so many good ideas. Like, and I can put myself in that headspace, being like a fucking years old. brash yeah. teen who has like who is God's gift, mm. literally, yeah. <laughs> literally the midichlorians gift the galaxy, sure. and you're just being held back. Like I, I can get behind that. I just feel like it was a uh, kind of poorly executed. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't say how long ago Star Wars was. It was long, long ago, though. Sure. Don't yes. say how long. Don't say that's, how long. <laughs> that's where you're getting that. Jesus, that's the repetition of the. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so who did he mean to um, thank? Uh, I maybe just meant to thank her. Uh, it's uh, Padme and Anakin. Oh, right? okay. Their relationship. Okay. He is strong and constantly wrong. Okay, sure. Does he have the self-reflection to, to say that he's strong and wrong? Um, maybe once he's Darth. Is this is this Darth singing this song? I think it's I think it's Anakin at in a lot of a lot of periods throughout his life. Okay. Like it's just a it's just a a generalized. Again, like I said, this is more a mood. Sure. This is like. Anakin mouth moods. Sure, sure. Um, okay, got it. So yeah, Anakin strong and wrong. Now maybe just meant to thank her for being uh, supportive and being his a uh, twenty-five year older um, love interest. <laughs> That's such a creepy love interest. Yeah, she. Ugh. I mean, I think I think in reality she's only like maybe ten or fifteen years older than him. To get a crush on a six-year-old or however old he is in that is just well, she doesn't get a crush on him till he shows up again as an as a eighteen. But they got some chemistry when. You know, he's he's six years old and she's They have 20. like an older sister, younger sibling sort all of right, chemistry. Right. And I think he he wanted it to be more. And she was like, that's gross. Sure. And then she just took a bunch of uh, um, like brain buster pills between the movies <laughs> because uh, Padme just kind of like falls off the fucking deep end intellectually. Uh, that's a bummer. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, I don't think the movies are bad. Sure. Are, are we done with the read? Did you? Did we, no, no. Oh, okay. Make a good case for nowhere. So that's where I've gone. Obviously, Yoda going to Dagobah, Obi Wan going to Tatooine, ass into nowhere. Sure. They have to be, uh, you know. So, yeah, this is uh, all the Star Wars prequels all together, all in one okay. together. Hey, even a busted watch is right twice a day. So Anakin was right occasionally. I guess he was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he he did a lot of good. Yeah. All right. Fair. In the in the in, in brief bursts. Interesting. All right, Ev. Well, hey, thank you. What can I say? Now it's the time of the show when we spin. Nope. Now's the time of the show when we rate this song. We rate this song at a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer, the better. As usual, we'll start with my co-host, Evan. Everything in its place. Everything on my body. All of my clothes need to work for me. Not just cover my body, but provide a valuable, important resource. Mm-hmm. So, my pants are cargo pants, but not just cargo pants. They're like cargo utility pants. So, they got hoops and little little straps and belts so I can hang my tools, all the tools I need throughout my day. Sure. I've got my mouse. 
I've got uh, my pencil sharpener. I got pencils. You, I got a mug. You carry like a, a scuzzy port mouse around with you. Just Damn like, right, okay, I do. Okay. <laughs> I got my. Uh, I got a small little uh, Raspberry Pi so I can play my video games. Sure. <laughs> and they're all hooked to my pants. Um, my cargo. My cargo pants. Uh, my shoes are like those cool super shoes that like super. You saw the kids. The kids whose parents didn't love them enough so they bought them a bunch of stuff like the shoes with the roller skates oh in them. yeah heelys but these are like the roller skates with the heelys but they've also got like the lights in okay. them okay and they pump up oh boy oh boy all the gimmicks in one i love that yeah okay yeah. and um it's got the oh they're the um automatic ties from back to the future yeah sure sure, sure. future two or whatever it was um, I've actually never seen that movie. I've only seen bits and pieces. Wow, it. it's a good movie. You'd like it. I feel like I've I feel like I've had that movie described to me a hundred <laughs> times in my life, and it was such a like cultural touchstone for my like teens. Sure, like everyone had everyone who was older than or no who younger than me had seen it, or I don't remember when it came out. Older than me, yeah. And they were all talking about it so much, but I was too young to have seen sure. it. So I just like got it through. I have like the oral history of sure, Back to the Future sure, too in my sure, yeah. in my head. <laughs> uh okay so yeah i got those shoes that, that tie up i got the socks this is my socks they pull all the way up but i can also take them off and uh start a fire with them if i need oh to. very impressive okay um i've got 17 watches on my arm it's like one of those where you go into like a newspaper office and they've got like uh, time in denmark time in japan time in new york city got it all got them all the way up my arm all the way down my love arm. love that and uh i put on a, a sweater over it. my sweater can unravel and I can knit another different sweater out of it in reverse if I need sure. to. Okay. Or it's got the the sweater has those arm flaps on it. So if I'm ever falling from a plane, I can glide. <laughs> Still like a flying squirrel. Are you saying this song has a lot of ornamentation it doesn't need? I guess that's what you were saying, uh, that the producer overproduced I'm not it. done with my rating yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've got the beer drinking helmet. You can put the two beers in there and it goes right down into your thing. Sure. So I'm wearing all this clothes and I'm just clomping around my my day and everyone's kind of looking at me it's fine it's fine but like it's one of those like nutty professor slash like honey i shrunk the kids moments yeah where i or gremlins even where my inventions are it's just too complex too much i'm just a walking rube goldberg machine uh-huh. so i go home and i look myself in the mirror i'm like kiss keep it simple stupid just wear clothes that are clothes <laughs> for your health so i put on a i put on a t-shirt <laughs> t-shirt shorts um shoes socks it's a little cold so i'll put a long sleeve shirt over that and then a nice stocking cap to keep myself warm okay and that's what the song is me just keep it simple stupid keep it simple that's stupid. what the song's trying to do okay okay you don't need all this extra clothing you don't need all these extra watches you don't need sure. uh, oh <laughs> morty <laughs> you don't need uh um a uh retainer that injects crystal light into everything you drink <laughs> retainer that puts crystal meth into everything you drink um for me, I open my eyes, I wake up, and all around me is just white. And I'm like, what? The year is. Where am I? I don't know what the year is. I can't remember anything of. Long, long ago. Long, long ago. All I remember, my name is Saker, and I think I have a family somewhere out there. And uh, I get up, I look around. I'm wearing what I'm wearing right now, just a, a t-shirt, some pajama pants, um, and uh so I'm, I'm wandering around. Headphones, glasses. Headphones, glasses. I have a watch on, which I look at my wrist and I say, that's weird. I never wear a watch. I tap it a couple times and it's broken. So that's strange. So I look around me and as I'm looking, I'm in like a square room, like perfectly square. And on each wall and including the ceiling and floor, it looks like there's like a door. So I go and I, I touch the door and it, it pushes open. 
and I crawl through this little door and I'm in another white room that looks exactly like the one I was just in with doors on the top, bottom and each of the sides. And I go, what? I'm in, I'm in the cube. They've trapped me in Canadian horror movie, The Cube. So I, I, I keep looking around. I open another door and I walk in there and there's a skeleton. And I go, oh God, there's other people in there. They've, they've died for some reason. And I, I go through another door and another door. Oh my God, it's you, isn't These it? Blank the rooms. skeleton is you. Maybe it is because then I see a partially decomposed body three rooms later and it does have a curly wig on top of it and it has tatters of clothing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh fuck. And then the next door I open... It's a bad production company trying to make it look more and more like yeah. you. I open the next door, and instead of it being a blank room, when I open it, there's a face right there, and it's smiling at me, and it's me. And I like fall down and I start backing up to the middle of the room as this other me crawls through. And as it crawls through, I see it's got like a hundred shirts on. It looks like it's trying to like cheat the airport luggage code and it's got a bunch of, it's made shoes and socks out of pants and shirts. It's got, it's like part of its head wrapped up. It's wearing watches all up and down its arm, probably 150 watches. And it says, you, you, you got the working one, didn't you? Let me see your watch. Give me your watch, buddy. It's just, I'm, I'm just me. It wouldn't hurt to give yourself your watch, huh? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And I'm, I'm backing up. Uh, and of course, he's fashioned a shiv out of uh, a pair of glasses that he got at some point along the line. Um, he stabs me to death. He steals my watch. He puts on another shirt. Um, this is the infinite saker uh, that will just forever be collecting watches and shirts, trying to find the working watch, uh, not realizing that even a broken watches right twice a day he could just be happy in the cube and not ever have to leave well if he's got a watch that he'd need what 24 times 60 watches 24 oh right for it to be right all the time oh that's his yes, goal yes he just need to look he just need every minute he just needs to look at one watch up his really arm. it's 12 times 60 because these watches don't are there 24 hour watches that have a really long i don't know i mean are they military time or are they regular they're all they're analog analog watches okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, this is me. Well, he would need to wear, he would need to return because he'd wear, he'd wear, he'd have one entire side of his body is AM. The other side is PM. That's good. I do like that quite a bit. Yeah. So he has to collect them all. He has to get somebody with 1201. He has to find the 1202. He has to find the 1203. So that's 1400, 1440 watches. Yeah. And that's what's happening. He's, he's just going through and collecting all the, and he's of course eating me as well. This is a cannibalistic, uh, feral saker at this point. He's got to eat you. I know. There's no other sustenance. This is a Stephen King story. He also needs to like molest you a little bit. Oh boy. Hicky dicky. We'll be right back with more. It's all been done. A Bernagan ladies podcast. (laughs) Hey, Ev. What are you drinking there, bud? Uh, green tea. Yeah. Green tea. It's very good. It's the first, uh, it's the green tea that I found that tastes most like the green tea I had when I was in Japan. Oh, really? Okay, okay. It's very good. Um, I don't like the, the Japanese green tea is all too strong for me. The ones you get out of you're the a, You don't like, you're, you don't like the bitters. Yeah, I'm a sweet a boy. boy. I'm a sweet boy. I gotta say. <laughs> you're the sweetest Aw, thanks, bud. Uh, Take a lick of you. Yeah. What's your favorite drink? If you had to choose one drink to drink beer. for the rest of your life, beer? Oh, I wouldn't want to just drink beer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. quite finish my question. Yeah. I guess if I had to pick a drink, it'd be water. Really? But uh, um, I wouldn't want to drink okay, anything. Okay, well, like... what if... Hold on. Let's let's add more hypotheticals here. You would be perfectly healthy for the rest of your life, no matter what you chose. But I have to drink it. You you don't have to drink it, but you can't drink anything else. Every time you but try... If I, didn't, if I didn't drink it, I wouldn't die. Correct. Would you just not ever drink again? I mean, 
I would probably pick some sort of alcohol, right? Would you? Because then I, then I could just go through my day normally and not drinking anything, and then I could go home and drink beers and be perfectly healthy. Sure. Okay. That's that's a good one. I think I'd pick a milkshake, right? I don't. You don't want a milkshake like 24 hours a day. I mean, I like a good milkshake. Don't get me wrong. Like I'd, I could go for a good milkshake once twice a week maybe period? i feel like i'm constantly thinking about milkshakes my my entire <laughs> life has been one long well we have gone on vacations that you planned you're like hey we could we could drive out of our way for just two hours and there's this shake shack that has like 144 different flavors it's only it's only two hours there two hours it's back called cookout and god i wanted to go there so bad you southern listeners know what i'm talking about never been to a cookout um it's just like a sonic right i guess but you can get a corn dog as a side so that's a thing. Dude, I'll get you a, I'll get you a hundred corn yeah, dogs. Yeah, but it's they're, not the same. I want 33 cents. I got. I have a list. I have to mark off every fast food restaurant I've been to. Well, the thing is, like, corn dogs are, like, one of those things that you can buy, like, a frozen corn dog at a grocery store, throw it in the microwave, and stick it in the toaster oven to crisp it up a little bit, and it tastes exactly like every other corn dog everywhere. You don't think... I bet you there's some gourmet corn dog place out there. I bet you there is a gourmet corn dog place. You think it tastes but I don't the same. think... But, yeah, but I, I bet that but 98% of corn dogs you find in the wild sure. in restaurants are going to be the same as a frozen corn dog because that's what they yeah, get. Yeah, absolutely. It was like one, there's got to be one factory somewhere in like Jerome, Arizona <laughs> who makes uh, corn dogs. 99% of the world's corn dogs. Uh, yeah, oh, that, that flashed me back to going to Chili's when I was like eight years old with my mom and grandma and they served me a corn dog that was still cold in the middle. For shame, Chili. I haven't been back to a Chili's since. <laughs> it truly turned me off for the rest of my life. Should we at Chili's with this episode to try and get some free food? I doubt they would give us a free food for just ragging on <laughs> something them. that happened 27 years ago. And honestly, I don't, I don't think I would. I mean, I guess I would if 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 I got a whole free meal at Chili's. Like, all right, man, you got a $200 limit. Get whatever oh, you yeah. want. I guess I'd go to I'd go to what? Chili's, but like, of course, they're not going to give you a free meal. They're going to give you like, all right, buy one get one free appetizers. Sure, sure, sure yeah. Uh, they might try to make it right and give me a, a, a gift card or something. I'm going to add Chili's. I'm going to add Chili's with this episode. We're going to get their attention and we're going to tell them that they need to be sending me stuff. The only thing I, I mean, I haven't been to Chili's in 20 years easily. Yeah. And the only thing I know about Chili's is like the the goblin from the band Necrogoblicon loves Chili's. What the fuck? There's a goblin in the Necrogoblicon band? Necrogoblicon is a amazing metal uh-huh. band and everyone should listen uh-huh. to them. And one of their members gets and dresses up as a goblin. <laughs> okay, cool. Just is, is a fucking goblin. I've never seen him without his so makeup on. So in character, he loves Chili's. The goblin. And in character, he loves Chili's. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's fun. What a fun band. That sounds like a good time. They are. They're a great band. Um... So yeah, so chilies. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Hey, you know what's the what's what was the chilies uh, um, logo? Was it chilies a celebration of food? Is that what it was? I didn't know they had a slogan. Uh, I think it's probably chilies. Bring a coat. Does that make? Does that check out? Oh, with baby back ribs. They did the baby back chilies. ribs. Right? Yeah, they did. Did yeah. you ever see that guy's funeral? The guy who sang no. the baby back ribs song. It was <laughs> it was like baby back ribs themed. His funeral. It's amazing. I'll send you a video later. No, thanks. <laughs> you don't want to see it? You think that, like, I guess if that was your thing, like, might as well fucking embrace it. If you realize, like, this is your thing, this is all. This is going to be all you ever are. Yeah, they had, like, a barbecue He's, smoker. The genie has granted his wish. <laughs> he gets to sing a irresistible catchphrase. There you go. We talked about it at the beginning of this episode. Would you take it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This guy did. He- that's, what, uh, that's what comedy is. It's all the references. It's all callbacks. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, ep- Take note. I learned that from Paula Poundstone. Oh, my God. Oh, the goat. The goat, Paula Poundstone. Love her. Do you think that, uh, like, there could be, like, a, uh, um, a southern, like, a southern belle sort of, uh, what's her name? Rachel, not Rachel Ray. Who's the one? Paula Dean-style uh. cooker, who is also a comedian and could call herself Paula Poundcake. Do you think she would get, like, a, um... Like she's a sweet baker, and during the uh, during the show, she just cracks jokes Love. and does like works works the audience the whole Has time. Has there ever been a a comedy cooking show? Probably not, huh? There has been, but they're all okay. Bad. That feels like an untapped market. Um, I don't know, either for Comedy Central or the Food Network. People love to watch cooking shows. People love high humor. I, mean, I wonder. There if- was one that your partner and I were watching. It's a Japanese show where they get like a professional chef, and he or she has to talk to comedians through making a dish. Oh, that's fun! And they're competing. Oh, okay. Like they're trying okay. to do the better get dish. That's fun. So yeah, they're just like, and she's not allowed to help them. She just has to like talk. Them sure, 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 sure. Can she see what they're doing, or is it like? Yeah, she can oh, see okay. what they're doing, and she can taste it too, and like make faces and things like okay. that. So it's pretty. It was pretty fun. That sounds like a good time. Um, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tokyo Tuesdays. Please don't end the call, Ev. Please don't just the McElroy. you want to come, Saker, you're more than no, welcome I'm to. Interested. Uh, do you know what else comes? You certainly have an interest in guilting me. For comes not from Japan? That would be Got It Memorized. That's right. One piece. Got It Memorized is a podcast that finished recapping Kingdom Hearts and has become a Final Fantasy X podcast. Their latest episode, Dark Road Number 2, uh has a description that doesn't make any sense to me. Mickey, it's my understanding Kingdom Hearts, they put brain in it. I don't know what that means. Anyway, if you want to hear two folks walk their way through Final Fantasy X, uh, it's like a playthrough for your ears. Check out Got It Memorized. Do you think that the Orange Grove actually exists? Like, or is it just like a, a really in-depth like gaslighting that somebody <laughs> on the internet is doing to us? It's like they give us more and more... Uh, bizarre things to read as we advertise you, that'd be a good joke you, and it would only cost you forty dollars a month it's true do you ever feel like you're being truman showed like your life is a truman show uh, it'd have to be pretty complex because like i've been out of the country right. and like i mean i don't travel a lot but i do travel sure i feel like now i could with like corona yeah yeah that's true for truman they set it up where he was he, he was scared of traveling right they gave him some like mm-hmm. deep-seated fear as a child or something yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess neither of us are important enough to have the Truman Show. Um, yeah, but I feel like I'm not entertaining. It'd just be watching me masturbate like... That's fun. Two to three hours you a day. You don't think people would be into that? Watching you drop another drop in that bucket? I don't know. I don't Do you know. have a bucket next to your computer that you use? Do not. We're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel and figure out which segment we are going to do for the song Howl Hong. Another postcard. Where would the narrator vacation? What postcards would they send and to whom? Jesus. Oh, boy. I don't think we have enough to go Okay. On. I mean, I'm trying to I'll think. spin it again. Like, I'm trying to picture this person. Okay, do we want to try it? Uh, Anakin Skywalker. Okay, so Little Annie. <laughs> he, little he's Annie. <laughs> Wait, are we doing Little Annie, Big Annie, or, or Medium uh, Annie. Um, Darth, Darth Vader? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I don't know. Let's do Darth Vader. Where would Darth Vader go on vacation? Yeah. So where would Darth Vader... Well, now we're just speculating on Darth Vader. Let's spin it again so that we actually have something from the song to go on. 
want to kind of know where, where you think Darth Vader would go on vacation. I think he would go... Well, he lives on Mustafar, right? Um, I don't think he lives on Mustafar. Doesn't, isn't that the lava planet that he has a castle on? I guess it is. Yeah, dude. He lives on, he lives on Mustafar. Um, Man, how fucked up is that? Like, he lives on the planet where he got most of his limbs burned yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. I, I moved into this house because this is the street I got into a horrible car accident on. And I always want to remember like it. A, yeah, maybe he wants to punish the planet. It's like a Xerxes whipping the Bosporus Strait. Sure, yeah, exactly. Ordering his slaves <laughs> because it, it sunk some of his ships. Whip the ocean! Uh, so where would you go? Maybe the forest moon of Endor? Is that that seems like a lush tropical sort of uh, verdant location to visit? Do you think Do you think Vader is more of a or Lord Vader is more like a uh, when he goes on vacation he wants to go like off the grid or do you think he wants to go to like the pleasure planet of Sabu? Ooh, what was the casino planet called? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> nobody remembers anything from the new movies. <laughs> That's the thing about like Star Wars is like planetary monocultures is a thing. <laughs> I love like, that. It's like this is a graveyard world. <laughs> This is a library world. <laughs> Can't, like, Canto Bite is what we're talking about here. Canto Bite. Canto Bite. Um, I mean, I remember Babu Freak, oh, my boy. Hey, we, I remember Claude. It's not, a, it's not a casino planet. It's a coastal city on the desert planet of Cantonica. How about that? I thought it was a whole planet that was just a giant casino. I think he would go to... I feel like Darth Vader is shitty enough that he would go to, like, uh, Kashyyyk. Oh, um, why? To, like... To, because it's a, it's also like a a, a beautiful world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the native inhabitants have been uh, cast into slavery, so he can like he can sort of bask in the horrors that he has a uh, committed. Sure. You know what? Fuck that. I think Darth Vader would go to all the like. He'd go to Tatooine. He'd go to <laughs> Naboo. He'd go to like all the places where he felt super sad, uh-huh. and he'd just like sit there and go. <laughs> okay. Sure. So this is. A- I feel like. Yeah, Vader likes to Vader likes to hurt sure, himself. Sure, yeah. If he lives in the place where he was uh, torn apart, then he's going to visit the places that gave him emotional pain. Sure. So he goes emotionally torn goes apart. Goes to yeah. the oops, I was about to say the moisture farm, but that's not him. I forgot. Uh, yeah, he goes to all the places that caused him pain. I like that. And what sort of postcards does he send, and to whom while he's there? Gotta send a postcard. I feel like the only person he. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, he's like the uh, he's like your work colleague that is overly personal. Mm-hmm. Like or no, isn't personal or like that, but actually, uh, the, your work like you, you might have exchanged like a couple words. Uh, it's mostly prof- they're very professional, mostly business, and then like for some reason they consider you a close okay, friend. Okay, sure, yes, I know exactly. So it's like this, like yeah, it's like uh, your your boss like sends you postcards from like his family sure. visit to um, I don't know uh, Palm Springs right, or something. Right, yeah, <laughs> like having a great time. Like and he's just a totally different person on vacation. Yes, he's a shithead in the office, and sure. So you're saying he sends a postcard to Obi-Wan? Like, no, a like Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> and that guy he strangled a little bit? <laughs> yeah, okay, because he considers him his best friend. Yeah, so Grandma Tarkin gets a postcard. Um, do you think uh, uh, the uh, his his mentor, what the fuck's... Emperor? No, I think the Emperor doesn't get a postcard and it eats at oh, him. Oh, that's true. But you think he's just doing it to incite more hatred in the Emperor to make him stronger? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. He's that's what that's his cover story. Sure. But in absolutely. reality, oh, Emperor, I was uh, just trying to improve your life. Um, <laughs> I think he also sends it to people from his past. I think there's a postcard for Obi Wan that he sends. Um, well, to where? I think he doesn't know where Obi Wan is. Well, do does he not know? 
or is he no, just he pretending doesn't. not to know? Oh, and then he's yeah. he's trying to psych him out by sending a postcard to his house. What if you moved away from somebody who really scared you, like your abuser or something, and then all of a sudden a postcard came to your house from that person? He's trying to get inside Obi-Wan's head. Like, he, he wants Obi-Wan to know that he could kill him at any time. He's just choosing not to. Was there something in Star Wars that was a plot reason that was Obi-Wan hiding on that planet? Yes. <laughs> I've retained so little of Star Wars, I think I've said before. <laughs> old ben kenobi sure even went under his same last name old ben those early movies are so hard to retcon like why the fuck did he still have the name kenobi why would didn't he change that i'm sure there's an in-universe reason for it but uh well the um yeah the huts hut space isn't really controlled by the empire okay so it's out on the outer rim um so they'd have a harder time like digging into that shit sure yeah that makes sense um yeah anybody else he would send a postcard to you think uh god i don't know i think he he would definitely write postcards to his kids sure. and then just like keep them sure sure yeah oh that's sad maybe a postcard to padme yeah and keep that interesting it's like when uh yeah when it when he uh throws the emperor over and luke is uh, takes the takes his mask off and he's like i'm your father and it's impossible sure and sure. then like uh his mask comes off and he saves his life and then he like open my chest plate and he opens it and it's just like hundreds of postcards <laughs> oh, fall out no like a mr potato head's luke. butt luke from daddy oh so cute oh i love that idea well actually he doesn't even know what the kid's name is because he's like he got burned up before padme even had the kids yeah that's right he doesn't does he oh he knows he has twins right um is, yes he knows, he, he, knows the, he knows he has twins but he doesn't know their names yeah 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 and it's fucking fucking lucas like padme and leia both die of like sadness yeah women in fucking star wars like my heart super shitty broken. yeah yeah really and because the, the the medical droid that's working on padme is like she's perfectly fine <laughs> she's, she's just, just uh, sad to doesn't want to doesn't want to live that sucks uh by the way i'm reading a lot of uh, theories right now kenobi might just be like the smith of the universe and so uh, he kept it to hide in plain sight. Like, oh, Ben Kenobi, he, would, he wouldn't keep his last name. That can't be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, so people were thinking, like, by keeping his last name, it was a genius move because no one would expect him to keep his last name. <laughs> Which seems like a real, real, real revisionist history version of what is happening in those movies. Also, I love that fight between... Um, between Darth Vader and uh, and Obi Wan at the end of whatever that first movie, where they're just like hitting swords together very carefully over and over again, and then you go back into the prequels and Yoda's doing like fucking backflips and like jumping off walls and shit, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, Ebo, good answering, my friend. You ready to answer See, another we, question? We did it. We did it. We did uh, it. Do you want to do another one, or I think we're already pushing pushing our time. I think it's time to answer an email. That's right. Time to answer an email from our friends, our fans, our perky little punch cards. This is an email from our friend, Macaulay. Hi, Macaulay. Macaulay says, hey, buds. Imagine. Hey. It's a cold, desolate, post-apocalyptic night in the Great White North. Each of the BNL boys has their own bespoke cabin in a safe outcropping on a tall mountainside. But then, an avalanche warning goes out across the blasted ice. The band must reconstruct a Voltron-style super cabin to make it through the night with their incredible vampire time powers. But, with all their might, they still must do away with any excess rooms. What parts of their house do they save? How does this Frankenstein-esque cabin look to the swarms of creatures gathered in the valley below? And what songs do they sing to get them through the icy deluge? Will they survive? Is Steve invited? Sending my best to you and yours, Macaulay. And yes, I have added this to my morning routine. 
Thank you, Macaulay. You'll recall in several episodes ago, I asked viewers to, or listeners to think of a question every morning and send it to <laughs> us. Macaulay has sent us quite a few right now. They've done a great job. And for uh, for note, you don't you don't have to ask us questions about bare naked ladies. <laughs> like, I don't know why everyone keeps asking us about bare naked ladies. Like, it's strange. It's strange. Just you can ask us questions about anything. So this question is an odd one. So let's start. Well, obviously, Steve is at the head of the creatures that are waiting outside. Okay. So no, he is not invited. That's why all the creatures are down Absolutely. There. So let's say each of the four boys can save one room from their ha- from their cabin. So what room okay. is the most important room to each boy? Tyler. Kitchen. Done. Kitchen. We, don't, we don't have to question it. Kevin, I feel like Kevin has a greenhouse slash solarium. For sure. Yeah. It, um, it's like, it's a greenhouse, but it's like cut in it's it, the, the glass is cut in such a way that only it lets down shafts of sunlight beautiful instead of like sunlight everywhere yeah so he can like pause and reflect on a beautiful orchid yes absolutely and he puts sometimes he puts gels over the the shafts of light oh, so yes. that purple light a green light it's also an aviary a hummingbird 100 percent. so he can hold out hold out one delicate finger because his fingers are only his bones are only strong enough to support <laughs> the weight of a single hummingbird anymore will snap his finger like a broken twi- like a twig yeah um I think uh, Jim, of course, saves the lab. Uh, <laughs> he is working on a lot of experiments that he can't afford to sacrifice right the now. The beet lab. The beet lab. Yeah, he's cooking up some some hot beets. Um, but I think it's got it's got beakers. It's got uh, a sunroof for the lightning. Um, well, he's trying to perfect like the perfect bass note. Oh, he's trying to come up so, with like, a new a secret chord that he could play to please yeah, the Lord. The la- it's it's not a it's not a lab in that like a mad scientist sense. Like you walk into it. And there's just a vague unsettling thing because you feel you don't you don't it's more felt than heard. There's like a low bass thrum in the room that like it infiltrates your thoughts and your bones. Yeah. And you, you feel your chest like vibrating in tune with this this low like bass line. Sure. And he says, hold on, I've been trying something. And you feel the bass vibrate with you. And now that it's inside you, he's controlling your body by strumming the bass. <laughs> Oh shit! He's trying to create the first all bass band. <laughs> That's amazing. I bet those Imagine exist. Imagine a band with four bassists. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I need to search for all bass band because I'm sure one exists. Uh, let's see, all bass bands. Uh, yeah, all bass metal band extinction level event. That's amazing. We, I need to. I'll put in some extinction level event right here. Hopefully that, I hope that hit the brown note for you listeners. <laughs> Wowie wow, wee wow. Wow, wee wow. Uh, okay, uh, what does Ed keep? Um, I think Ed keeps his uh, his son's room. Oh, Lyle's little room, and they all all four boys have to sleep there, unfortunately. So we have a kitchen, an aviary slash greenhouse, a child's room, and a lab. Great. Okay, so this is our this is our Franken cabin that we have. Um, mm-hmm. How does it look to the swarms of creatures gathered in the valley below? Ah, oh, boy. It looks uh, welcoming. Yeah, you think so? I think it might look like a um, might look like a turtle, right? I think the aviary forms the shell. The sun's room comes out like a head. And then the other two rooms are the arms. And they're pushing along the ice uh, to just sort of scoop oh, so this. It moves? It's a giant like... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like Howl's Moving Castle. What was, that, what was that movie that came out with all the cities that rolled around that nobody... I don't know. It's like a Peter Jackson's Infernal Engines or something like that. Sure, that sounds right to me. Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, why? What is kinda, the point? Kind of got no. The point of having a moving city. 
because it's a post-apocalyptic world and you need to like travel around to look for resources or something okay, and like that's you fair. get to you get to eat other cities or something that's fair okay well know. yeah then this is this is kind of like one of those cities uh and what songs do they sing to get them through the icy deluge summertime obviously oh kicking it up i love that yeah okay it's got to be summertime isn't it strange how that song has persisted with you and i it's I think it might be one of the best bare naked ladies songs I think about it so often. Yeah, like you were you were saying earlier that like you think you're gonna turn people off because you hate because because we're gonna start hating. But honestly, I feel like this album has not been bad. It's yeah, been, it's been some big swings, but this has had at least two or three songs that I genuinely enjoyed on it out of like the six we've listened to. Yeah, six but or seven. You don't you don't think you think that a third is a good? I feel like bare naked ladies is usually like an eighty to ninety percent success rate for albums. For you, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe you're not. Like, uh, I feel like this is this is at least as good as uh, our me and our men for me. Okay, interesting. I wonder how it'll shake out, and I wonder how these final four songs will treat us. Can't because... wait to get drunk and listen to it for my resequence, <laughs> and then uh, it'll be my favorite album all over again. <laughs> God, ugh, I'm I'm excited to hear your your thoughts on this one in the end because I think when when it comes together, I think it's going to be less than the sum of it part. It's parts. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be so much on here that's just filler. I don't know. We'll get to well, it. I really liked it. Summertime. I really liked Jerome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's fair. Like those are two. Those are two songs that I think are my favorite BNL songs in a while. Wow. Uh, the last question is: Will they survive? No. No. They will die. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they will die. They're buried under ice, and they're singing "Summertime." They don't have enough food in Ty's kitchen because he ate most of the supplies. They're fucking dead. Steve laughs triumphantly as he watches uh, the days tick by. They're not dead because they're vampires. They're just frozen in ice. And Steve gets to True. Steve cuts them out. The last scene is Steve cutting them out, Steve, and then putting them in his giant ice palace. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I like that. He keeps them in carbonite. Going back to Star Wars, they're, a lot. they're in their they're posed they're posed in their band instruments, and he re- finally BNL reforms. But four of the members are frozen in carbon. Sure, absolutely. You know what? I still think people would cheer. I think people would be happy to just see a picture of them all together. What if Steve? You, we talked about uh, like holographic bands earlier. What if Steve Stephen Page went on tour with holographic versions of all the other members? Oh my God! I, actually. Seeing how kind of like shitty and petty Ed was over the Big Bang royalty stuff, I wonder if they wouldn't just do a holographic Steve. Much more cost efficient to do yeah. one. I could see them doing that. Man. Man, that would be interesting. In a dystopian future where you don't even own your own image. Yikeroo. Oh, boy. Well, Macaulay, hope that answered your question. <laughs> Ebo, it's did done. It's did done. Stack one more body on the cordwood pile. <laughs> We done did it. One more body into the corpse grinder. That's correct. Put it on the graveyard planet, as I always say. Uh, mm-hmm. You can catch us on Twitter at Been Done Pod, Facebook. It's all been done. A Better Good Ladies podcast. Uh, you can join the Discord. It's in the show notes. Contribute to the Orange Grove's Patreon. It helps us keep rolling along. If what do you got to plug this week? Do you think um, uh, monocultures? Do you think? Uh, um, what would Earth's thing be? Let's say Earth is now part of Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. What what's our what's our mono? We're pollution planet. We're <laughs> where where all the pollution goes. Well, that's basically um, uh, Coruscant, right? They've got those giant Coruscant, the the planet that the Emperor lives on, the big capital planet. It's just a city planet, right? And it's got so much pollution that they have to like shoot it into space. <laughs> really? Yeah, they uh, they've got like cannons that just shoot the pollution into the sun. Oh wow! Okay, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, that's so we would be. You think there's only one pollution planet in the whole galaxy? No, there's no, no, I think there's tons of pollution planets. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking, like, 
like Star Wars in a lot of ways is, is post scarcity. And we're kind of like, it's like kind of like an internet phenomenon, right? Where we'd want, you'd want to be the entertainment planet, right? right? You want to be the art planet, but like everybody wants to be the art planet, right? Everyone wants to peddle their art. So like, you know, every, there's thousands of creators and tens of thousands, millions of creators. Everyone's a creator nowadays, right? Right. And everyone is desperately trying to get your attention. So, yeah. you know, people who are actually consuming are the are the white whales now in this uh, scenario. Yeah, for sure. So I feel like... The, so do you tour- think there's a consumption planet? I think we would be a, like a tourist planet. Oh, sure. A, a planet that produces tourists to go out and consume other media love throughout that. the galaxy. And we love would be that. so fucking popular. Yeah. Oh, the consumption planet. I love that. Okay. I think that fits us in a lot of different ways. So yes. <laughs> that's perfect. And I mean, pollution is just a byproduct of consumption. Yeah, absolutely. As capitalism has taught us. Absolutely. Um, well, great question. Hope we answered what your you question. Got, what do you got to plug? <laughs> uh, I've got to plug. Um, go listen to the podcast, The Crypto Naturalists. It's a new podcast with scary <laughs> treats for you. It's not scary. It's, I mean, it kind of is. No, it's, it's unsettling. It's about cryptids. I'm gonna yeah. plug all my friends' podcasts. Hey, actually, by the time uh, by the time this episode comes out, uh, our friend Cliff, who's been on the podcast before, um, will have his new uh, actual play podcast out. Um, nice. Yeah, he's launching an actual play podcast, uh, and this actual play podcast is called Taverns, Travels, and Tests, uh, and it's coming out on November 9th. So it came out like yesterday, I think. So oh boy. go listen to I'll the first to episode. Have, I'll of- have to tell myself in the future to download that. Sure, Evan, yeah, absolutely. Download that podcast, please. <laughs> so that's what I'll plug this week. Um, I guess that's it. I'm Saker. Get out of here. I'm Evan. Get out of here, and we'll see you again in <laughs> one, one week. week. the hosts of Got It Memorized, what used to be a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast. We did the impossible and finished recapping all of Kingdom Hearts. The whole thing! Now, fueled by our own hubris, we've endeavored to recap other things. We've covered the world ends with you, and now we've moved on to Final Fantasy X. After that, we'll do more tasks that humanity previously thought impossible, like creating Cold Fusion, accessing the Akashic Records, and folding a piece of notebook paper in half more than seven times. Find Got It Memorized on the Orange Groves Podcast Network, on your favorite podcast app, or do what we did and approach a pulsing dark monolith in the middle of your city promising otherworldly powers in exchange for audio catalogs of JRPG franchises by whispering the secret words of power, Got It Memorized. Blitzball!